0: Last week, Bruce said, you, or two weeks ago, I can't remember. You know, he had something to share when we talked on Thursday, and uh, by the time we got to Sunday, he was he was uh, wondering what he was going to share. And um, I've been having an interesting weekend, so I really uh, I'm just going to pray because I have no idea what's going to come out. <clears throat> so, Father, I just uh, thank you that your Word is sharper than a double-edged sword, and it cuts to discerning, uh, Lord, even between soul and spirit. And uh, Father, I, I thank you that you are leading us, you're shepherding us unto life. You're leading us very intentionally into this time when you are gonna be put on display by, through your people. And uh, God, I pray that you would um, work in our hearts, God, to see this, um, the enormity of this time. And the calling that is on us as your beloved children. And how um, the earth is crying out to see the the revelation of the sons and daughters of the living God. And um, Lord, I I pray that you would uh, tenderize our hearts. Keep us humble and before you and contrite in heart and listening. um, Only speaking and doing and saying what you uh, want us to, and Lord, um, getting excited about who you are and the things that you want to bring at this time. So, um, yeah, thank you, father. Um, I am excited. That's not atypical for me. I get excited, but, um, I've been doing this, uh, negativity, fast positivity feast, which coincides with Lent on the Orthodox calendar. And it's, um, I just get these little emails every day from, um, Steve Backlund from Bethel church. Um, who is the guy that says, you know, we're just going to throw back our heads and laugh at that proposition. One of of Bruce's favorite people. Anyway, um, I've, I've been reading those and in the midst of, of all of this, um, and maybe, you know, you can wave at me if this is happening to you too, but I just find God is just digging deep in my heart and soul and getting at the root of some things. Anybody else? Or is it just me? Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Cause um, I, you know, I, um, there's things that you think you've dealt with long ago. And I just feel like God is saying he's going to cleanse the vessels or, or as somebody said, the, the uh, broom comes before the boom, right? The cleansing comes before the glory. And as Trish and Bill and others have been indicating, uh, we, we just feel like we're on the cusp of this thing that the Lord wants to do. And I remind the Lord of some of the dreams that he gave me at the beginning of this COVID time. So last April, the dream of all of those emergency vehicles coming to hope not to our church to hope with no sirens going and they had not had their needs met not not in the medical system not in the psychological system not in the educational system they're just they're coming because the systems of the world are broken and they need Jesus they need the answer and they need they need uh, redemptive solutions I love that. What if we were the people who had redemptive solutions we don't, we don't need to fix broken systems. We need to just bring the kingdom of God. Right. So uh, the Lord has just been walking me through something um, here this last weekend. And what happened was I was exposed to some teaching material and um, I just was sort of listening to it to preview it. And I got absolutely wrecked. <laughs> it's been a bit of a messy weekend and um, it's on and I don't, don't recoil. This is, this is at this point, this is about me, not you. Okay. It's about rejection and having a spirit of rejection. So uh, I've, I have dealt with that before and I thought it was sort of dealt with And God is just being so thorough right now and um, actually love some of the things he he says. Um, Well, I I was in Hebrews 10. A lot of people are are quoting Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 right now, but for different reasons. Uh, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, and of course, you know, we, yeah, we want to meet together, but actually the things that the Lord was saying to me in that verse are how may we spur one another on to love and good deeds. And when I think of spur, I kind of think of spurs, like spurs on your boots, you know, and I'm like, that's, that that doesn't sound real gentle, you know? Spurring one another on to love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So with all this COVID fatigue and the tension and the weariness, you know, the word of God says, spur one another on. And it's actually like provoke or incite to good, motivate, stir up, excite. And and so in the, in the midst of that, then I came across this, this teaching that was kind of pointing out to me that God wants me to be a lot more whole and healed than I am at this point in time today, <laughs> in order to be able to do the things that he's leading us into, and that as leaders, we can't give away what we don't have. And so... Um, I, I, I started listening to this material and um, so I'm I'm just going to just see how much of it I'm supposed to go into the point, I guess, for me is when I look at the, you know, I've been reading something on um, ideological social justice and kind of looking at the world, the world right now has no concept of intrinsic value, right? Abortion, no concept of intrinsic value of a child in the womb. I learned like this week or last week that the word in Hebrew for compassion is the same root as, as the word womb. That as a mother has a compassion on the child that she has born, So the Lord has compassion on you. And that that's a play on words because a woman is meant to have compassion on the fruit of her womb. So the word compassion actually means womb. And, and we have a plague, a pandemic of people who believe that abortion is a good thing, that it's okay to rip a child out of its mother's womb. And that is a, that is absolutely an abomination in the sight of the Lord. And so there's no intrinsic value at the at the beginning of life and there's no intrinsic value at the end of life. We, we're elderly people are becoming disposable, ill people are becoming disposal, disposable, mentally ill people are, be, are going to be and are being euthanized. And so it behooves, there's an old word that I love it behooves us as the body of Christ to know that we know that we know that we have intrinsic value because we are made in the image of the most high God, you know, Genesis Genesis uh, one twenty seven, I think. And then God made man in his image, man, male and female, he created them in his image. Every life has intrinsic value because it's made in the image of God. And this is something our society does not understand. And church, we need to know it. We need to know it. And part of how this ties into a spirit of rejection is if I carry a spirit of rejection on me from, it can be in my case, my dad, okay, where I was never good enough, you know. And you know, if I got ninety eight percent, where was the last two percent? And so, you know, my dad and I talked about that. He, when he became a believer, and we have dealt with this. But I'm at this time that, and as you know, spirit of rejection plays out in different ways. And I'm being very personal here. Performance, okay, busyness. I people are looking for acceptance, and we we have everything that the world is looking for because the world is looking to belong. The world is looking to know that it matters that, uh, that somebody cares because the opposite of rejection is acceptance. You are Ephesians one says you are accepted in the beloved. That means that no matter what I've done, and we all we know this, we know this, we know this, we've heard it so many times. No matter what I've done, Christ has paid the price to for my sin that I would be reconciled to God and I and that rejection would be broken and I would be brought back into right relationship with God. But but guess what? Some of those some of those uh roots and old concepts and strongholds in our minds get reinforced. So here's, here's an example. So somebody who say they're, you know, they've been um, rejected by a spouse, rejected by a parent, rejected in some way, and it the it's a it's an extremely deep, emotion and uh, sensation, because now they know that rejection actually goes to the same part of the brain as physical pain. So if you have been rejected, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm we are we will not land on being a victim here, okay, because we live in a victim culture. And the very point of all this is, we we have what we need in Christ to be whole, and healed, and give it away, but God wants to make sure we are whole and healed, and that we're not carrying any residue, go Terry Joe, that so we can minister that the comfort with which we have been comforted, we can comfort others, so when we are carrying rejection from somebody for some reason, all all that that is saying is, I put myself in this place, where I am trying to find acceptance in some other way or means, which is if it's other than God is illegitimate. Does that make sense? Think about addictions. Think about the number of people who are just drinking or drugging or doing whatever they're doing right now because they don't know how to numb the pain. If you're starting with a spirit of rejection, And they don't know they're accepted. They don't belong anywhere. And this is why people are gravitating to groups. Black Lives Matter, these sorts of things where people are gravitating to a group to belong. Body of Christ, we are the best group ever. Who, you know, if if we could understand that we have the tribe that everybody should want to belong to, right? We've We've got the acceptance, but we can't, give acceptance to others until we know that we have intrinsic worth, intrinsic value, that we are accepted in the beloved, that God loves me. You know, he doesn't just tolerate me. He doesn't just tolerate me. He doesn't just put up with us. It, you know, if you in your heart can't say I like me, then then you probably, along with me and just need to bring that before the Lord and say, actually you made me, you know, and I'm not, you're not finished with me, but I'm, there's a lot that's uh, going on and that you designed that. In fact, as uh, this fellow who was doing the teaching, his name is um, Dennis Clark. He said, the Lord said to him, Dennis, I, I carried you for eons before I gave you to the parents to whom I gave you. Your mom only carried you for nine months. I've carried you in my heart from eternity to eternity. And I put you there and I have everything you need to walk in healing and wholeness and victory. So rejection is basically the opposite of acceptance. It's feeling unwanted, feeling a perception of always being a victim. And this is so much the tenor of our society. Everyone is a victim, right? And everyone's looking for some kind of compensation, but it's not compensation they need, it's acceptance. And then to just try to like cancel and axe out people who don't agree with you because there's no toleration because they don't know any acceptance themselves from the father. So this is like such a core need in people. And God wants his people to know acceptance so that we're not trying to gain acceptance through any illegitimate means. If someone's opinion, if any certain person's opinion can cause me to rise or fall, I've got an idol in my life. If I need somebody's approval in my life, somebody's some certain person, if I need their approval in order for me to do well, I've got an idol in my life. I've got a problem because only God can do that. Did you, is anyone else relating to this? It's, just, it's about the fear of men and fear of God. But we we have these things that we do so unconsciously. And God wants to, God wants to deal with it. And I think sometimes, and I've, I've been guilty of this, it's just like, read the word of God that's truth, right? And align yourself with it. And there you go. <laughs> Except that not everybody just gets there that way. Did, does anybody else? It's like, okay, I, I know truth <clears throat> and I can pray truth and I can declare truth. But sometimes there's some, some, like, some steps in there that are missing for me to get from victim to victor. And that's, and that's where God wants to meet us and make us a people who are equipped to carry his glory and to comfort other people and to bring them into a kingdom that has eternal hope and eternal life and eternal possibilities. And that's, that's who we represent. That's what we've, that's what we've got. So, uh, that emotion and that pain is real, um, but we don't have to carry it, we don't have to carry it anymore. And um, you're probably actually going to do a longer teaching on this. <clears throat> but some signs of, of um, spirit of rejection is sometimes people withdraw or hide or isolate, they become passive or they hide away because they're in pain. And um, and then you kind of accumulate a, a record of, oh, he didn't talk to me. She didn't talk to me. He didn't call me. He didn't look at me, what, whatever the list is, right? That that list of uh, 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 I get offended over things because I'm, I have that spirit of rejection. And so we become and we don't become insulated to it. We, we take it in and our, we accumulate it. So the solution is not sympathy. Um, I'll just tell you, right now, like uh, when you see someone who has under a spirit of rejection, depending on how it manifests, we don't want to deal with them because they can, it's, it can be difficult. And, uh, so the example this fellow gives is he's going down a line of people who have come to the front of the church for ministry. And I'm just going to say right now, God wants to raise up the priesthood of all believers. And we are going to to see the end of days when people line up in church to be ministered to by the church because the church is going to be ministering on the street. And that's what he's trying to get us to is that we're not going up every week for the same thing to get prayer and not being delivered, but that we're delivered and healed and whole and raised up and filled and equipped and sent out to heal a world that does not even know this is available. So sympathy is not the solution. He said he was going down praying for people one time and he's looking and he just like looked at this lady and she just spiritually discerned like she was in a bubble. He's like, she's so got so many walls around her. How can I even begin to talk to her or reach her? And his inclination was to pray for the person before her and just sort of pray a, you know, a generic blessing over her and go to the next person. And the Lord said, stop don't you dare. And he's like, okay. And, and he, he he had discerned correctly, accurately that she had a spirit of rejection. But if he would continued on to the next guy and not addressed her, what would happen? Yeah, maybe nothing, or he actually would have reinforced her rejection he would have reinforced the fact that she's like, Oh, there you go. Again, nobody wants to deal with me. No, nobody loves me. Nobody cares. And so he stood there and, and this is, um, like from Romans six talking about being led by the spirit of God and, and having life and peace. And, uh, somebody else and I were talking this week about like the spirit of God being like a dove, if you picture a dove on your shoulder and, um, and the dove might take, take off. Like the, I, I realize the analogy breaks down because Holy Spirit doesn't leave us, but the whole, a dove is going to be sort of disturbed by anger or, you know, frustration or the, the things that are not the fruit of the spirit. Okay. The opposite of the fruit of the spirit, the dove is going to like fly away to a quiet tree <laughs> and come back. And so people who are, rejection rejected are often they become angry, and they maybe don't even know why. So we the people who are rejected actually need acceptance that the solution is not to ignore them us, but to accept them and to bring them in to wholeness in Christ hurt people hurt people. That's, that's, I remember when I worked at the prison, uh, that was like one of the first things they told us, hurt people, hurt people. So, you know, you kind of had to have your shield up. Um, but what God wants to do is uh, for people to become whole and to know his, that in, their value is because of the love of God, their intrinsic worth and value and that we don't have to look to it from anybody else from whether or not people like me, agree with me, whether or not I meet everybody's expectations, you know, that can't be what makes me worthwhile or whole. And we can actually come to the place, according to Romans eight, we can actually grow up, mature, develop enough, um, that <clears throat> that we're not allowing any person or any situation to come between Jesus and His peace in me, and the way uh, the Lord said it to this guy Dennis was, "Don't let anything come between what you and I have together." So if I'm not at peace, I that's like the the oil light coming on in your car. It says engine imminent engine trouble. You need some oil, right? And uh, things aren't going to go well. So when I can recognize in my spirit, and I'll just give you this example, and Gordon and I have talked about this, so he won't be embarrassed, and I think I'm pretty much done with being embarrassed. Uh, So uh, we're going down to visit a girlfriend of mine yesterday in Surrey who lost her husband a, a year ago yesterday, so they needed a distraction. So we went down to help them uh, sand drywall. How's that for, <laughs> you know, an outing? We we're like, we come and help you rent there because they're trying to renovate their basement and the teenage boy is doing it by himself. So we're on our way there and we stop at Superstore. And um, in case you haven't noticed, Gordon and I are, are a little bit different we approach life quite differently, we drive differently, we shop differently, we just do everything differently. And that, you know, that's great when it works like two different things coming together. And then there's sometimes where it's like. (laughs) So yesterday seemed to be one of those days. And um, uh, Gord was packing up the groceries at Superstore. And I was like, I'm gonna run to the restroom. And, you know, be a conserve time here and I got back and Gord felt very pressured that the groceries kept coming at him and he couldn't pack quickly enough. And so when I got back, there was like eggs and bread and all this stuff in the bottom of the shopping cart. I was like, "Um, this is not usually how we do it, you know, so I'm like, I'm trying to rearrange it. I'm like, you go pay and I'll pack. Except then he came back, and he was trying to help And He has really long arms, so he's reaching over me, and I'm like, ah, just like, let me do it, you know. Okay, now anybody, am I alone on this one? Come on. Anybody else? I love, I actually love shopping by myself, because then I really get to interact with the cashier and stuff, and I'm like, and they ask me, how are you? And I say, fully alive, and they're like, what? You're so weird. So anyway, none of that happened. So by then, I'm getting the dove is gone. He's like in another country. And, uh, and we're dealing with this. And I'm like, why did I get so perturbed about this? So I'm, I'm, you know, asking Holy Spirit, as I, as I sort of chew out my husband, I'm like, Holy Spirit, what's going on? Like, why? Why is that such a big deal? What is going on? And it all came down to this thing where I have this expectation that I'm going to be just ministering to people all the time, and that I'm a, now I'm a pastor, and that I'm I'm supposed to look like a pastor, I'm supposed to act like a pastor, and th- this didn't go the way I expected it. And I was like, oh, that was just like such a bad witness. You know, here we are, this couple. We weren't fighting, but we weren't getting along. And it just was, it seems like a little thing, but it's not. It's not because God wants to get to the root of it. And so, you know, so we just and so then the Lord started bringing up, you know, I tell you what, you sit, you sit in the presence of holiness. Anything that's not holy is going to go. It's got to go. So I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) this is going to be messy. But you know what? It's going to be good because he's so thorough And he doesn't want us to have things that trip us up because then when I'm ministering to someone, God, how how much of the world has a spirit of rejection on them? Most everybody there's so like broken families. How many people have had, you know, family situations, neglect, abuse. There's so much rejection. There's so much rejection And the Lord just wants uh, us to be whole and free. And forgiveness is a huge part of this. So sometimes we need to forgive God. Sometimes we've blamed God for some lousy thing that's happened in our life. Sometimes we need to forgive the perpetrator. Sometimes we need to forgive ourselves. And it's a process. So I'm very much uh, in process. The the cool thing is, you can just go before God, bring those emotions. You know, God built us with emotions. God built us with emotions. We're not supposed to be, you know, robots. He wants us to rejoice, He wants us to know fullness. But bring those emotions when, you know, you're reacting in a way that is not His best for us and bring them to Him and just say, there's something else going on here, obviously, because my reaction was not proportional to the event at all. And it might not sound like a big deal, but it there's an attitude there and there's a root there that needed to be dealt with. And so, you know, I spent most of the night and the early morning uh, just great walking through some of this stuff with the Lord um, so that I so that I will um, know and walk into full sonship. Really, that's the goal, isn't it? Is that the, that we would walk in the earth as mature sons and daughters of the living God, carrying his spirit in ways um, which draw people to him. So, um, so what do you do with that then? Um, <clears throat> it's pretty simple in the end. Um, ask forgiveness. Repent if you need to repent and, you know, and just, and just then you have the authority with Christ in you to tell that spirit of rejection to go. And if you have like a mental stronghold or something that's saying, yeah, that doesn't work or that never works or I've done that before, it doesn't work. Don't own that. Like, when we own those things, we give them legal right to be there again. So if even if you don't feel like something is gone, stand in the fact that you have Christ in you, the hope of glory greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And um, renounce any lies, like lies that you are believing. You know i i I wasn't worthwhile i'm never enough or i'm too much or whatever whatever the lie is um and we're we're, we'll revisit this but i think um sometimes we just we don't want to get inward but we don't want to miss what god is trying to do in us starting starting with us so that we will be whole and um god is looking for a prototype in the earth people who are healed mature, walking in freedom and fullness, so we can be fathers and mothers to a hurting world. And uh, Paul says you have many instructors, but you don't have many fathers. And last verse of the Old Testament says, I will turn God speaking, I will turn the hearts of the fathers towards the children, and the hearts of the children towards the fathers before that great and awesome day of the Lord. And I think it's what he's doing. And I don't know about you, but I want to be whole and I want to carry whatever God has for me to carry. I'm almost 60 years old. I don't want to miss whatever it is. God has, you know, for me, for what, however many years I have left, I want to carry the fullness of God for my time, for my the place he has put me. And I think that is all of our hearts that we all, we all believe that. So, um, I'll be talking some more. If you feel like you would like to work through some of these things with me, if, if you're like going, that's me, I kind of need to deal with some of that stuff too. Um, contact me and we'll see how many that is. And I think we'll, we'll address some of these things in a, a deeper, a deeper way. And, um, Peter says, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be what? A holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. Peter, again, you are a chosen generation. God is interested in generations. I've got, you know, I've got a family on this call. I've got kids and grandkids on this call now. God is interested in generations Look what he's doing in your families, right? And he is redeeming, redeeming us so we can be whole, so we can influence not just our families, but other people who need mothers and fathers in the spirit. So uh, he says, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that we would proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. First Peter two nine. So I'm just going to end with that. Here's, here's something funny. How many people are invited to a pity party? None, none. You're there by yourself. (laughs) So,
1: um, Brian, um, so as Sue was speaking, a couple things came to me. First thing is Psalm 139, 23 and 24 is a really good um, prayer exercise it's a way to do what suzanne is talking about um, and that says just simply um, search me god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting so that's a that's a really really solid good biblical foundation you can just continue to ask the Lord about that. Let him show you these things, right? And you don't, and here's a, 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 an awesome thing is you don't have to go dig in your own garden. He will, if you ask him to come and do that, he will come and do that and show you.